Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's stuff that you just you have to see to believe. And at the reading the room and feeding off of the audience, kind of going where the audience is also enjoying things, really useful. It takes you a little bit out of your head and into the moment. This is the Improv Chronicle. I'm Lloydie. Conventionally, at the end of most improv classes, there's a graduation or end of term show. I've got one of those just over here. Come this way. Right, now prepare yourself because you've never seen anything like this in your life. Okay. Wow! There you go. It's. Oh! <laughs> Have you ever seen anything like that in your life before? These sharings of what people have learned have become commonplace at most improv theatres and with most improv schools. So, what are the benefits of putting sometimes very new people to improv on the stage in front of an audience? Hi, I'm Rick Andrews. I'm a teacher and performer at the Magnet Theatre in New York City. I take it as a teacher, you have uh, stewarded a number of end of course shows. Uh, what do you think is the value of a grad show for students? It's really fun. It is successful if you set it up in the right way, I think. Um, and I think it's a huge confidence builder. I remember always seeing like students I had in level one, you know, seeing their like level two or level three class show and being kind of mystified at like how good they'd already gotten. And I think for a while, I just assumed that there was something was happening in level two where people just. But then I, I taught level two for the first time and I had a bunch of students who started my level two like right after their class show from level one. And it was very interesting. It's like three days later, it's that first week and they're like 30% better than they were last week. And, and all that's happened is they just had this performance. Um, I think that being able to have a class, things are fun. It feels like it's clicking, but then you actually succeed up on stage. It's just a real confidence boost. And I think it helps the process of eliminating a lot of the fear, a lot of the nervousness that, that is what leads to kind of worse improv and being able to get it up on its, on its feet and feel good about it um, starts a kind of virtuous cycle. Interesting that you say if you set it up in the right way, what would you say is the, a, a good way to set up a, a graduation show? I think there's one like a correct form or um, st- structure. Um, I think there are a number of things that you could do to make sure that, that the show is going to go well. Um, I think, you know, one is picking a form or structure that allows the students to, you know, succeed. So that, that means 
whatever the length of your class and, you know, they have enough time to kind of work on the form and structure. We do our mottos in our level one class show, the monologue deconstruction, and we do some two person scenes. So the show consists of just some two person scenes with suggestions and then like an Armando long form, but we don't worry about second beats. We're not doing callbacks. They're doing their own edits, but sweep edits, just really simple. Um, so, you know, it's a manageable amount for the eight weeks that we have for our class. Um, it's not like throwing them into the deep end in terms of like, all right, now you've had four weeks of class and you're doing a deconstruction, right? Where it's unlikely to succeed. Um, I think the flip side of that is not kind of, um, not, not having too many training wheels. I think people are capable of really good scene work uh, with really good instruction and allowing them to get up on their feet in class a lot, get up on stage frequently um, this is where having like mixers and jams at the theater is also very helpful. I think that all helps contribute to a successful kind of class performance. I think the other enormous thing to me is, um, just making people like making there be an audience at the show. Um, I teach a lot of level one, which is usually not that hard to get the level one folks out. It's our very first show. Um, but there's just a big difference between a show with, you know, in a 70 seat theater, there's 70 people in the seats. I mean, that, that is a no fail situation. <laughs> right. And only 10 people showed up, you know, uh, that, that is a tough, a tough one. And even if you do great, no one's going to walk away feeling great about it, I think. So I think, yeah, having it at a time when like people can go, you know, if it's like Wednesday at 4 PM, like that's not going to be a successful experience. Um, you know, having it in a space that is, that, that works. Um, keeping it cheap, like, you know, not trying to make money off of the class show, I think. I don't know, depending on people's theater setups, but, you know, not charging $30 for for a performance that essentially allows people to bring as many people as possible, right? Um, and I think as a teacher, like, making it a really big deal, that's something I learned over the course of my first couple of years teaching level one was to just become more and more of a, of a kind of, I have a kind of pretend, um, like, bullying act that I do, <laughs> about like inviting people to the show, you know, I'm like, Oh, you got to invite people to the show. That's like week five. And then I'm like, have you invited anyone? And then week six, I'm like, okay, who'd you invite? And I like go around and I make people tell me like, who's coming to the show. And I do it in a tongue in cheek way. I, I, I think, um, but I really do like it. I, I want people to feel like that they really got to bring people. Hi, I'm Chelsea Clark. I've been a teacher, uh, an improviser at the upright citizens brigade in New York city for uh, the past oh, over 10 years. I don't want to do the math. So I've done many, many, many class shows, uh, probably over 200 student shows, various levels. So in this podcast, we're going to hear from some of the students who just did the show at the end of a course I taught. But of course, I did a show at the end of a course you taught 15 years ago. Oh, yes. And I remember um, it fondly, which is- actually. <laughs> Uh, no, you don't. You don't remember anything from it at all. <laughs> I'm not sure I do, actually. So, uh, but I, I do want to talk about how important they are. And if they are important, I mean, what do you think their benefit is? I definitely think they're important. I think there's a lot you learn in the classroom, obviously. And there's so much that there's such a learning curve, especially for young improvisers or new improvisers. Um so it's great to have the safety of the classroom. And then it's also great to kind of push out of the nest and do a show. Because as you know, there's all kinds of information we get from the audience that we should be listening to that helps us make uh, our scenes funnier, uh, to slow down and really appreciate and 
see all of the interesting and unusual stuff that's popping up. The audience sometimes notices it even better than our teachers and our classmates do. And being able to listen to that audience is so such an important um, skill to have as an improviser. So getting that into your bones early is really important. So having a class show at the end of every multi-week class, for sure, very important. It's real-world feedback, isn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. And yeah, again, when you're in your practice groups, it's really hard to get that from a small amount of people sitting in your classroom. And it's, it, I think it really throw, uh, it's really a fun moment, whether it throws them or whether people, it like really turns on their, like, <laughs> uh, they start to get it, it falls into place when they hear the audience laughter and, and feedback at that first class show of theirs. Yeah, I think it is for some people, it's a light bulb moment, isn't it? It's like, oh, this thing that I've practiced, that I've, I've trained for, this is how it works. This is a real life application all of a sudden. Yes, well, I definitely think that because there's, yeah, there's stuff that you just, you have to see to believe. And at the reading the room and feeding off of the audience, kind of going where the audience is also enjoying things, really useful. It takes you a little bit out of your head and into the moment. So it's all very well hearing from the teachers, but what do people who are performing shows like this actually feel? I spoke to some of the people who'd been taking my class after their grad show. So firstly, how did the show go? Well, we all really enjoyed it. It's, it's fabulous. It's, it was just a load of fun. Do you think uh, it adds something to the course, having a performance element that happens at the very end? Yes, I do, because it gives you something to work towards. And uh, as a team, you, you build on, in the workshops, you build on all the things you've learnt and you have something to work towards. Yeah. And do you think that helps elevate the improv? Yes, I do, because... Uh, you always have in mind the fact that you're going to do a sharing or a performance at the end and that kind of makes you want to keep improving. How did you feel before the performance? I usually feel quite nervous but um, when you're actually out in front of the audience the nerves go and you just focus on the people you're, you're with. And you'd do it again? Definitely I'd do it again, yes. Back to Rick Andrews maybe it's just the way we're setting up. I, I have never had a bad like level one class show like ever i've had like 400 of them <laughs> like i've had bad wow. i've had bad like level three or level four class shows but it's almost always okay there's only six people here and then like the sets are a mess right the level one the way we run it the form isn't too big of an ask there's not a lot of ways that it could really you know you're doing a new scene so if every scene's not like a huge winner like that's that's okay you know like the form we don't do we're not doing second beats so it's like all right, that scene wasn't great, but it's 30 seconds a minute. It gets edited and we do a new scene and we kind of move on, right? It's a lot tougher in other long forms, I think, where if you have a really rough first beat scene, it's like the whole show is now trapped in this like world of these these characters, right? Um, I do think there's an Energy Daily People's first show that I think um, is, uh, is hard to feel. Now, you know, your second show or third show or fourth show, I think, you know, people are just nervous and they, they need practice. Um, I think it's only a, plus though to put them up in front of people i mean um you're not throwing them out there like you know in a 2000 seat broadway theater right but it's mm -hmm. like i think how are they supposed to get better uh I i'm of the belief that people do people do bad improv not because they don't know how to do good improv uh improv classes would be really short if that's why you could just give them the information in like 20 minutes and then they would be amazing at improv they do bad improv because it's because it's really terrifying uh, improv and the only thing that makes it less terrifying is, is more practice and I think there's nothing 
better than getting up in front of people and getting more practice. And by the time people have gone through the magnet program, um, you know, when we had level four, it was, you know, class show after level one, class show after level two, class show after level three, three class shows after level four. Um, you have four class shows for level five and eight class shows for the level six. So uh, I got lost in my math there, but that's like, I don't know, 20, 24 performances, right? At a minimum. Mm-hmm. But I know people were like, they, they don't have any class shows. There are no class performances. And so the students go through the program. They've like been on stage maybe once or twice. And then they're like auditioning for teams. I think that's, that's such a much um, tougher situation. I'd rather get them those nerves out early on in a class performance where the whole thing is pitched as, hey, this is our like level two class show um, versus like, here's our house team of people who are brand new. I think that just sets them up for more failure later. I think part of it too is just keeping it light, like making it feel fun, how you're hosting it, just the energy in the room, like and not, not making it feel like, you know, I, I don't know, like a super big deal. You know, even if there's a lot, like mm-hmm. it's just like, and that's the nice thing about improv. It should feel like we're all kind of hanging out, you know, and, but we're focused, you know, we're present. It's not sloppy. Like I think if you can strike that energy, it's, they're, they're easy to have fun with. Like they're, I don't think having a, it, it go, I think with the right conditions, it, when people talk about them times, sometimes it sounds like it's like, Oh, it's kind of a coin flip, whether it's like a disaster or a nightmare. And to me, that's more about a lack of setting it up with the right um, framework. than it is about the actual student performances. Cause I think if you set them up in the right way, you're almost guaranteed every time to get, have a great experience. Frequently students are kind of, uh, nervous or have some trepidation about the class shows at the beginning. So something you'll hear maybe in your first couple of weeks is, well, I'm not sure if I want to invite my friends to this show. I'm not sure if I want to go to this show. I'm going to see how it goes. Usually by the end of the course, they're pretty excited. And you should, as a teacher, kind of ramp people up for that excitement, get people to invite their friends. It's such a cool thing to let your loved ones share with you, like one of your first improv performances and a packed house always makes for a better show as well for the reasons we kind of mentioned before. Some of the things I prepare them for is, you know, to get there early so that we can have plenty of time to warm up and kind of walk around the stage, kind of imagine yourself on stage, get a little bit of the lay of the land, warm up with your classmates. Um, the other thing is you really want to prepare people to not <laughs> to try to avoid kind of getting the liquid courage in before their class shows. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I always just mention like that's we'll do we'll go out for a drink after um, but uh, doing it before is you know not at the beginning not at the beginning Uh. I think the body can usually produce enough good adrenaline that you you don't need uh, you don't need beer wine or spirits in order to aid your improv performance Uh, definitely and then the other like little silly practical thing in class for preparing uh, students for the class show is to just make sure they're wearing something, uh, you know, I know we want to look our best, obviously, sometimes in these class shows, but wearing something that you won't mind being as active and moving around as much as you did in class. Um, or, you know, so that you won't be afraid to say, get down on the ground or whatever you need to do. Every now and again, there is a student who, uh, who for whatever reason does not want to perform and, you know, I, I always want to acknowledge people's realities. Sometimes you are not in a place where you want to get up on stage and do a thing. And I'm always very cool with people saying, this is not the space I'm in right now. Equally, for those who maybe have a few nerves, but are, you know, but aren't in a place where it would be, you know, not good for them to perform. What kind of words of encouragement do you give? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, focusing on having each other's backs backstage can really help uh, to be, you know, to understand that there's like a little bit of a, what are all the old sayings, jump in the net will appear uh, to, you know, if, if you're getting, if you're out there, you might feel your most nerves right before you go on stage. Uh, and then like listening and paying attention and focusing more on being there to support your teammates can sometimes take the pressure off of it being all eyes on you and give you something to focus that energy on being hyper uh, aware and hyper listening to your your teammates sometimes is does the trick for many nervous folks. If you're a teacher running a, a class show, probably you already do this, but just make sure that at the end, the families and friends know where to meet up with everybody afterwards so that, you know, your class can take their class picture on the stage without everyone uh, stealing them away. Um, remember that stage lights are bright. You may have an article of clothing that becomes see-through on stage. These are things you might not have noticed in the classroom. And just support your students with um, a, a great blackout. Uh, for their show so that they end on a really high awesome note I, i'm going to leave the final word to some of my students who performed last week so adam and alistair are just off stage firstly how was this evening it was it was fantastic it was uh, such a great experience to be able to kind of um practice what we've actually been doing for the past 10 weeks really in front of a an audience so it's i always find that thrilling really yeah there's nothing like knowing that you're going to do a show in week 10 or week 11 to really motivate you to make you concentrate to make you think here's a real opportunity to not only do something interesting interesting that audiences will like but to entertain yourself and to have fun and if you don't have fun you probably won't be a good show but if you do have fun and you see the people around you having fun, everyone seems to have fun. So it's a real kind of, you know, about humour being infectious. You really get a sense of that doing this. I can hear some of the things that I told you before the show coming out here. That's great. Um, what do you think the, the course would be like without a performance element at the end? Oh, well, uh, it, it wouldn't really have any... For, for me, it is, it is all about the, the performance element. It's actually getting out there and in front of an, a, an audience. I think if you didn't have that at the end, it would like, well, well what, would be, what would be the point? Because that's essentially what we are training to, to do, you know, putting into practice in front of an audience because that's your lifeblood. Your lifeblood is, is the reaction of the audience, but also the, the, um, the words that you're actually given, you know, your, your motivation for your scenes. That's, I, I think, yeah. And, and I think that the most, one of the most important skills you try to learn when you're improvising is how to listen. Listen to your scene partner, listen to other people's scenes, how you can use those ideas, and then listening tonight to the audience, to what they respond to, what they find funny, what they don't find funny, inevitably affects what you do and the scene that you produce so that's such a good stimulus and it's such a good confidence builder when somebody laughs at something you say and it drives you on and again it makes the show better because everybody becomes more confident in what they're doing you've been learning a form over the past few weeks do you think having an audience there changed how you performed it yes i think i think you 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 ratchet up your performance when you see an audience in front of you 
Um, again, one of the most important things you learn, I've learned this term, is about playing the emotion. It's not about developing a plot necessarily. It's about developing emotion and playing people's different emotions off against each other. So you're feeling emotional, and that might sound very a simple way of saying it, but because you are responding to people in that way, then the audience are responding to, to how you're feeling and again there is a kind of backwards and forwards that I don't think you necessarily get when you're doing a scripted play because the format is there and to an extent you're rigid within that, within that framework but when you don't know what you're going to be doing five minutes, ten minutes from, from when you start you could literally be anywhere doing anything talking to anyone the audience has a big part to play in, in where you go and I'm sure that if we'd had a different audience tonight we'd have had a different show you were actually a very, very emotional Christmas tree. Um, I thought it was. Yeah. Like to think so. Yeah. Your Christmas tree was uh, amazing. Uh, I think my bells would have rung differently Absolutely. had I been in front of a different audience. Yeah, well, I'd like to think so anyway. Your bells definitely did ring differently. Yes. Yeah. Well, someone pressed my buttons, didn't they? That was the. Uh, that was well, one of the know, keys I, to the I don't like to brag. You included, I have to say. You can get the world of improv delivered to your inbox every week when you subscribe to the Improv Chronicle newsletter. Just go to improvchronicle.com for more. And if you like what this podcast does, consider following us on your podcast subscriber and leave a rating and review. Those really do make a huge difference. They help the podcast get discovered. It's all about the algorithm. So do leave a review and a rating if you can. You can also donate to support this podcast using the link in the show notes. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can get in touch via the website. It would be great to have you as part of the production. For previous episodes and for transcripts as well, check out the website improvchronicle.com. Thank you.